Hello and welcome to Delaney Tea Time. I'm your host, Delaney Oaks, speaking with you live from sunny eastern Florida. Welcome. It's time for the first Delaney's Tea Time of the new year, and I'm spending it with one of my closest friends. Uh, that would be my dear friend and co-host, Christina Jaguar. She's the author of the Delta 1 and 2, which she's shared on Books and Entertainment blog. Um, Christina is also the one who keeps our show running, and it gives her a few more gray hairs every time. Uh, she has the chat room open, and she gets the guests on the phone. Welcome, Christina. Please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much. You're a good friend. Oh, my gosh. We've been doing this for so long. And, yeah, I, I do have I got some extra gray hairs from this from Blog Talk alone. I uh, know, <laughs> especially today. Today alone gave us both gray hairs. <laughs> I know. I was like, why can't nobody hear me? Well, what's going on? I can hear the Blog Talk lady <laughs> counting down, but I can't hear nobody else. <laughs> I hate when she does that. I wish I could turn that off. Me too. You, I, I know. Oh. I wish too, because she's annoying and intrusive. Oh, well. Yes. Yes. Very <laughs> intrusive. Okay, um, let's see. What can I say about myself here? Um, I'm an author. Um, let's see. I have a blog called writingbythesuitofmypants.com. There I talk about publishing and um, basically things that are going on right now in the industry. Um, um, let's see. I just um, I have a free book available there called um, Self-Publishing, a Resource Guide for Beginners. Um, writing by the seat of my pants dot com slash free book <laughs> and um let's see what else do I got going out of here? Yes, like you said before, I um have a romance suspense novel called um Fidelta. It's a series. I hope I was hoping you know, when I first started it was just supposed to be a short, short story that I was gonna share. Uh books and entertainment dot wordpress dot com site and it just kinda morphed into something else. Um, I was then I kind of um, decided. Well, I'll make it into a trilogy. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. And then I got <laughs> an idea for book number four. So I have no. Oh idea no! I have and no then idea you realize, <laughs> you know, yeah. you realize that one book has turned into three books, which is now turning into four books, <laughs> and you wonder how it just kind of went off the rails, don't you? It's just, <laughs> It's me. It's just me. It's who I am as a person. I can't commit oh, to anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an author thing. I think it's oh, an author thing. Well, you know, I started out with Room 103 years ago. Then I did 203, 303, and I just put out 403. I've got 503 written, and then I talked to Karen about it. I might have talked to you about it. I don't remember. But realized that there has to be something between 403 and 503. So it's going to have to become 603, and I'm going to have to write 503 incorporating stories that had already begun with a different main character because he's in them too, and then he gets into 503, and we haven't met him yet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very familiar. That's familiar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Karen says in the chat, things just mushroomed. Yes, they did a mushroom cloud. They just blew up. It was an atomic mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> well, I am also an author, um, mostly of romantic suspense. Um, I've branched out into other genres, including sci-fi. And in fact, the fourth book in my Lone Wolf series just hit the virtual shelves. It was supposed to come out, out on the first, but it didn't get onto Amazon until a day or two ago. Oh, great. There's my other phone ringing. Um <laughs> Somebody else is going to have to answer this. It, it, because Amazon made me jump through hoops. Yes, please. Yeah. Take this out here. And uh, I finally jumped through the hoops in the appropriate fashion, and they put it up a week late. I was very angry with them. But, oh, yeah, well. that sounds like <laughs> Amazon is having so many problems with their publishing department. And it's not just you. I mean, it's been going on since 2021 with the paper changes yeah. and and the changes with um, KDP. And it's just they're making so many new rules. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They can't keep and up I, with it. I like, so. No, and I like to use um, draft to digital to put my books up because it's just easier rather than having to figure out – rather than yeah. having to figure out um, – how to get things up on Kobo or whatever, I just use them. Well, they on and, and Amazon don't seem to get along very well. And I thought, yeah. well, I'm just going to save myself some time and effort. I'm just going to do it this way. And that was a mistake. So next time I'll go back to publishing it. I'll publish everything else through draft to digital and just do Amazon. And then yeah. they made me raise the price of my book. I wanted to have it no. like a dollar. I had to put it at two ninety nine instead because they were being so bitchy. That's really yeah. weird. I know. That's, it was very that, weird. You can get them to, to drop the price. You could probably contact somebody, but that's going to open up another can of worms with customer service. Yeah, so. yeah, and I'm I'm looking at it thinking, do I really want to do that? Because I had a problem. I had a problem recently. You know how they have done that stupid two step identification crap or something yeah. two factor well right around yeah that yeah that shit um <laughs> i had been using my son's amazon cuz he has prime and so i went back to mine and it wanted to put me through that two step thing well i had gotten a different cell phone number because T-Mobile is retarded, but that's another story entirely. But so I had this new phone number, and I had changed it with Amazon. I know I changed it with Amazon, and yet it still had my own phone number. So oh. I figured, well, you know, somebody if, if the phone has been the number has been reassigned, somebody is getting the texts for me. So I finally found a number to call them and was talking to the young woman. She's asking me all these questions to verify that I am who I say I am, asking me stuff that's in my wish list. I was like, I don't remember what's in my wish list. I hadn't been on there in months. I didn't think I had a wish list. And, you know, credit card numbers. Well, we had just had a, um, a identity theft scare, so we changed all our numbers. So I didn't have the old numbers because they were on my account, which I could not currently get into. So it's just oh. a big loop. Yeah. But that went on. I, I'm, I was just hysterical. Oh. 
I've been there. I've been through what you've been through. I had that happened to me in 2020 with the hacking scare. I had to go back and change like all my credit card numbers and everything. Oh. I didn't want and then it just uh, dealing with banks and credit card companies. And, and they're like, well, why do we, what happened? What am I have to keep repeating the story? They keep, keep sending me to somebody else in another department. And it's like, Oh, why can't they just fix it? It's so simple. It seems so simple. You know, they control everything. It should be really simple, you know. And I was, I, I just went through very nice, the young woman I spoke to. But I was frustrated, and then she got locked out of my account. So I had to call back. I called back a few days later, and I talked to this young man. And, and I told him what had happened. And I told him about the other phone call and all the hoops I'd had to jump through Again, starting to cry. I said, I can't, I can't get into this. And I'm an author and my books are all on this account, so I can't make another account, and on and on. So he asked yeah. me different questions, and I apparently answered these different questions correctly, so he was able to get in there, and, um, and he was able to help me reset my password and everything, and waited on the phone until I tried logging in to make sure that it worked. <laughs> well, at least you got in. Thank God. Yes. Oh, yes. He was, he was also very, very nice. But, oh, my God, trying just to find the stupid number to call. I wrote it down and saved it because, oh, my God, just trying to find that number. Yeah, I, they, I, they hide it. They hide it from you. Oh, they do. They don't want you calling. Yes. They don't want you calling. No. No, they don't. People, because, you know, people abuse the number, you know, to just mm-hmm. complain about stupid stuff. I mean, it's just oh, insane. Because yeah. Amazon is a huge company. You know, they have, oh, yeah. they are like the My... largest online retailer in this country. Not a, right. well, the Western world, the Western world, in fact. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, they ha- literally have millions of people calling them every day just for stupid, stupid stuff. Oh, I'm sure. About, you know, complaining about you know this book has cussing in it this t-shirt is you know, you know see, that's that are just stupid <laughs> you know, that sort like... of stuff's just stupid but then there are a lot of really stupid people out there um yeah. my my son works for a cruise company and he does the phone stuff he's now a supervisor and before when he was just an operator he couldn't hang up on people and he couldn't oh. send them to the supervisor unless they asked but now as a supervisor, he can hang up on people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yes, he said, once in a while, I feel sorry that somebody else is probably going to get them and have to deal with the shit that I left them, but I just don't care. <laughs> you know what? That's customer service right there. I mean, it's just... That ugh. is. It, oh, yeah, I mean, they're... people... The people out there, some of them are just either completely stupid or just entitled beyond imagination. Yes, so, and, and bordering on insane as well. Yes. <laughs> you got people like yelling into the phone because they don't know how to turn on their device. It's just like, okay, all right, you know, um, you're just you're just crazy and you need to go away. Yeah, I'm always very nice. I, I may cry. Yeah. I, and I've done that, 
and but that that works though because it makes people think, oh, I need to help this poor deer, you know. <laughs> but I'm always very nice and. And I'll say something sharp and I'll say, look, I know this is not your fault, but I am just very frustrated and I appreciate your help. And then that calms everything down and we move on because unless it truly is their fault, I'm not going to yell at them. Yeah. Yeah. I had so many frustrating, frustrating, uh, you know, incidences in the past few years that is just insane and with the pandemic the pandemic did not help at all it just makes everything long and drawn out yep now yep and it's unlocked the crazy in a bunch of people oh just really some switch flipped in there and everybody just went nuts yeah so yeah just walking into like a public space these days you see it everywhere i mean i remember going to the pharmacy I was going to the pharmacy to get my um, COVID booster, and I saw the store and the people in it, and I was like, oh, my God. There was, like, crap on the floor. You know, the the the, the shelves were dirty. I looked Ew. in the um, – yeah, the shelves were dirty. They were, like, dusty as hell. And I remember um, looking – yeah, and um, not too long ago, I went to the grocery store a few days ago. And there was like mold inside the refrigerator of the um, the um, vegetable section. There was like frozen vegetables, and I was like trying to get some, and I saw like mold growing on the shelves. I was like, "What? Oh God, yuck! <coughs> oh, what's going, what's going on? <laughs> there was like trash. In, I mean, this is usually a good neighborhood, you know, the, the area uh-huh. that I was in. It was it's a solid middle class area, but it's just like okay." something's not right there was like trash in the parking lot and I'm like what's going on with this store why isn't anybody cleaning up around here that's it's like crazy not just that one store it's like I'm going everywhere and I'm seeing like like even at um you know like the, uh, the department stores like you know Macy's and stuff I'm seeing stuff on the floor I'm seeing shelves that are disorganized it's like what's going on why aren't people taking care that's of the insane. stores no more? Like, wow. why are people I don't know what's going on. I, and it happened, I don't started know. Happening, around, happening around COVID. That's when I started noticing it. Yeah. So and we haven't recovered yet. And it's like, when is this going to stop? <laughs> when are we going to get back to normal? I don't know. I, I think this is our new normal. And I would just like to get back to what it was like before. Oh, but yeah, I don't I know just, if that's ever going to happen. I mean, down here, it's it's pretty good. You don't see, you don't see as much of that. But people are meaner. They're just meaner. Yeah, yeah especially and, traffic. Holy crap! Oh God! And they've built a bunch of new houses down here, and all these people from like New York, New Jersey, all along the the East Coast are moving down here. And you know that's fine and everything, but we don't have this, the infrastructure for that. And yeah. They're they're building all these new houses, and nobody's talking about the fact that people's sewers are backing up into their homes because the the um, network isn't big enough to handle all the new homes. So yeah, oh well, let's talk about books. <laughs> <laughs> we just went on a tangent. It started with Amazon, and then it moved on. Yes, 
but you know, it, we, we're we're good at that. Yes, we're good at that. Um, I did want to ask you. I'm glad you touched on Amazon, or that we touched on Amazon, because you were saying the other day, and I thought this was really interesting, that you um, to feel like self-publishing is like a form of multi-level marketing, <laughs> and I'm sure some people have given you shit over that. I happen to agree with you, but I wanted you to to talk about that a little bit because you had that great article, which I got interrupted and did not have a chance to read more than like the first two lines. So if you could just talk about that a little bit, that'd be great. Okay. Well, um, the other day, um, well, what inspired the, the article was this guy. He was doing um, um, what, what's called, um, you know, this. there's like this new sort of um, this it's not a scam, but it's called low content books, and it's this new passive income trend. Okay, you know everybody uh-huh. wants to make passive. Everybody wants to make passive income these days, and there's all kinds of you know advice like you know rental properties, you know stocks, bonds, whatever. And so there's this new thing on Amazon where these people are putting up like notebooks and and like planners and stuff like that, and it's not passive. That's, I had another article. It kind of blew up. Um, uh-huh. it's, it kind of blew up, and um, it led to this other article, which is about um, scams. And this guy, he tried that whole passive income thing with the um, low-content books. Uh-huh. He, was just, he was just so upset because it didn't work for him, and he started calling people out by name on YouTube. Ooh. And he was just going on this, this sweary tirade on on youtube and i was just like you know he's right you know it, it's kind of scammy <laughs> you know what they're yes. doing yes it is and amazon and you know we we're talking before about amazon making new rules amazon is making new rules specifically about these low content books and they're making it more and more difficult to publish certain things you know like with um, song titles um you know um artwork that's in public domain, I mean, just uh-huh. on and on. And um, so it led to this other article because I felt like he was right. You know, a lot of these people are kind of like scammy. They're not telling you the whole truth. They're telling right. you, you know, one of, one of the whole passive income things that they're advising people to do is publish an ebook, which you and I know is not passive income. No. It is a business. You have to set up a mm-hmm. business to do this. If you want to be a writer and write books, you're going to have to set up a company. And, you know, no offense to people who are, you know, doing this on the side. But uh-huh. they, they even know, people with full-time jobs who are doing this on the side, they know this is a business. You cannot just throw mm-hmm. up a book on Amazon and think that it's going to magically sell. So right. that's, why I, that's why I wrote the article because – a lot of these people, they're they're telling half truths. And yes, exactly. It's getting, it's getting to the point they're not straight up lying, but they're not really telling you the whole truth because they want to sell mm-hmm. these courses. They want to sell these courses and their books and their their seminars and webinars and whatever else mm-hmm. they got going on. And so I just decided to write this this article about how self publishing is like kind of getting scammy. So um, do you want me to go through the um, similarities of how, you know, I made the two connections between MLM scams? 
self publishing. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, well the first um, similarity is like you having to get your friends and family on board, you know, to uh-huh. like you know, you know, and the MLM marketing schemes they keep saying over and over again, your network is your net worth. So you got to call up your friends and family and get them to support you. And, you know, that makes sense, okay, but according yeah, well, to Amazon, with, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with MLM scams, you know, you sell them a product and they find out that it's a crappy product and then they won't buy anything else from you. Exactly. So, um, and um, so with um, Amazon, they don't allow your friends and your family to write, you know, to publish mm-hmm. reviews because that's yeah. against their rules now. So, but they're still advising that you do that, and I—that's scamming. So that's <laughs> you can't do that. Um, no. And the second simil- and the second similarity is that there are only a few people at the top of the business, and right. that's a, that's the same thing with pyramid schemes. You know, pyramid schemes only mm-hmm. have like maybe one or one or two people at the top. But you know, with publishing, you know, publishing is a business, and most businesses don't succeed. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the same thing with traditional publishing. You know, there's you know J.K. Rowling and Stephen King and James Patterson. Those people are at the you know the very top of the business, and everybody right. else is at the bottom. <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh yeah, and then so, you get you get this this overblown idea of what you should be doing because you've got a book out, and yeah. then. It's very, very disappointing when you don't. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like I said again, you know, most businesses don't succeed, and publishing is a business. So if you mm-hmm. don't have that tenacity, if you you're not, you know, willing to educate yourself about the business, mm-hmm. you're not gonna make it. <laughs> you're just not yeah. gonna make it. I'm sorry. You can get an agent. You can do this and that but you're not going to make any money doing it because you need to educate yourself and you need to set up a business. So I just, you know, <laughs> don't get me started there because I know there are going to be a lot of people <laughs> who are going to get offended. They're, they're like, oh, you know, you know hey. mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what you're talking about, these people that um, there was one, I can't remember his well, I remember his name, but I won't say it. Um, <laughs> I, they, he did a, a free webinar, and I joined in because it was free. But they told you a lot of stuff, but they didn't really tell you the meat of it because they want you to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So they tell you all this stuff, but it isn't necessarily any damn use because they don't tell you the really – juicy stuff unless you pay them two three hundred dollars for their their seminar and i'm not paying that kind of money yeah i don't blame you most of these seminars and webinars aren't worth it they no. you can get the same information for free on the internet you don't have to take any courses i mean unless you want mm-hmm. to if you want to pay that money yeah. if you if you have the resources you know if you're rich Pay the money to do the thing, you know, have fun. Yeah. But if you do, if you don't have the that kind of money, you don't need to do this. <laughs> you don't need to do any. No, no. I mean, if you're doing it just for the love and you just want to write your book and you want to put it out there and maybe a couple friends or people buy it, 
that's great. That's wonderful. But don't pin all your hopes and dreams of being a, a world-famous author. What's that quote? So many people say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yes. And that, that's, that's true. absolutely true. Yep. Only it's taken me take, closer to 20. <laughs> yeah. There, um, there's a um, – and, and we get fooled. We get fooled by the media we get fooled by, mm-hmm. you know, social media and, and, you know, you see these people who, you know, they have these articles in, the, in these um, magazines, 30, under 30, you know, and, and they mm-hmm. have like, all these people who are like under the age of 30 who are, you know, built these companies and now they're billionaires and millionaires and people just feel like, you know, they, they need to be doing that and it's not true. Yeah. They say the average entrepreneur, you know, successful entrepreneur is not 30 or 20, it's 45. So Mm -hmm. 45 and up. And it depends on what industry you're in. So if you're like in the oil and gas industry, it's more like 55. Mm -hmm. And if you're in, you know, like if you're in tech, it's 45. So all that stuff that you're seeing in the media is just nonsense. Ignore it. You know, take your time. If you, and Karen's in the comments, like, we've been riding this bus for 15 years. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, I, I finally just resigned myself to doing this for the love because I, yeah. I love writing my books. I like putting them out there. I'm delighted if people buy them. I'm thrilled if they review them. And, you know, and every once in a while I sell a book. What annoys me, though, is Amazon and other places to have a set amount that you have earned before they'll pay you. And I don't know about other places, but Amazon, it's $100. And considering that you make pennies per book, then it takes a while to get to $100. Yeah, definitely. I know that that's another new thing that they (laughs) – that's another new thing that a lot of people are complaining about. But, you know, again, Amazon isn't just a book company anymore. They're an everything right. company. Yeah. So, and there's not just like scamming going on in the book part of Amazon, but there's scamming going on everywhere. There's fake merchandise going on. They're getting takedown notices on the daily from corporations like Disney and oh, Marvel and, so, you know, there are people, like, trying to, like, upload T-shirts with, like, Mickey Mouse on them, and they don't have, like, the proper right, rights to do that. So, uh-huh. they, you know, Disney is coming after them, and so they got to make all these rules. So you, this is costing them money. So yeah. you have to see it from their point of view. You know, they're not just coming mm-hmm. after us. They're coming after, you know, the scammers. Every, so we can, yeah, and it's just a few people screwing it up for everybody. Yes. Definitely, I talked about doing. that. I talked about that with the low content marketing. I mean, the low content books. There were like mm-hmm. a few people, you know, who had good intentions. They wanted to make planners and notebooks, and they did well. And then everybody else got on board, and then they started screwing around and getting scammy. And I talk about how like um, some of these gurus who got on board and latched onto this whole low content book thing. They're telling people to do all kinds of crazy, almost illegal things, like you know, oh. um, like um, with with this one um, guru, she was telling people on YouTube to hire virtual assistants 
after you publish your book, you know, put it up there on Amazon, then hire virtual assistants for pennies on the dollar to go to Amazon and put the book in their cart. And oh. this will tr- this will trick the algorithm allegedly into thinking that your book is a big deal and it may push your book up in the um, oh my in, in the search. And mm-hmm. that is that is against the rules on Amazon. Yeah. If you try that crap, and they they're gonna see like why are all these people from other countries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> putting this one English book in in their cart and not right. buying it. And wow. if they find out and they become suspicious, they can shut your account down. And good luck trying to get it back because Amazon oh, yeah. rare rarely gives people their accounts back once they shut them down. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I am living proof that it's hard enough to get into it when you haven't been <laughs> shut down. You know, I can't even imagine. It's just it that that was one of the worst experiences ever. Only today. Today was worse. I mean, I was day drinking at noon. I had a glass of wine. Well, my husband wanted to work on my computer and get some new software on it to give me more protection and everything, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I had things to do, so I took my laptop to the other room, plugged it in, booted it up, and all of a sudden it shut down, and it wouldn't come back <gasps> on. So no. I was horrified. Well, I have this other one that's like 100 years old. I mean, you could beat someone to death with it because it's yeah. so big and heavy. It's like an inch and a half thick. It's big. Yeah. And uh, so I um, I was going to get that one. He said, no, just get get mine. A friend of his had sent him one. He said, just go get mine. It's right over here. So I got it, and it didn't have anything on it, so I dug my passwords out, trying to find the right password. Didn't have the right password as far as Facebook was concerned. They knew it was the right password. They were just giving me shit because they like to do that. So then it shut off too. I'm like, what the hell? So I fiddled around and booted it back up and realized I didn't have like open office or anything. I finally, between his computer and the laptop, I got um, into Facebook. I got into Yahoo. I did this. I did that. Got all this stuff cleared up and then went to go download open office and got something office suite instead somehow because it popped up instead of open office. So because it had the open office information over here, but this thing was the first thing on the page. And I wasn't paying attention. I was pissed off, clicked on that, downloaded this whole shit that I didn't need. And then every file that I opened up, everything was underlined. Not just the link, everything was underlined. So I had figured that out. And then I got open office. And the buttons on the laptop are different from the buttons on my laptop. I was insane. This was all before (laughs) noon. And so I went and got a glass of wine. I'm like, screw this. Sat down and finally got through it. And then as I was griping and bitching and moaning and groaning and pitching a fit like a three-year-old, only with lots more cursing, (laughs) I said, you know what I want? You know what make this all just so much better if I had a hamburger and a gummy bear martini. So God bless the man. He went and got me that for lunch. 
Uh, at least he got a good one there. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he knew he knew he was inadvertently to blame, and he felt really bad. <laughs> oh, talking Bless about passwords. Heart. Talking yeah. about passwords. Did you hear about LastPass? Yes. Yes, because oh. we have that. They got hacked. So now yeah, everybody's got to like switch their 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 master password. So if anybody yeah, out there did. is listening. If anybody out there is listening and you got LastPass, they got hacked, and yep. they um they got a lot of um, customer information. So they're urging people to um to change their um, master password. So mm-hmm. I, I and there's some experts, some security experts that say you need to go further and just like like change all of your passwords because once they decrypt, because that stuff is encrypted that they stole. Yeah. And but once if they can find out how to decrypt it. That's when they got all your passwords. So yeah, if, yeah. If I need you, to do that. You change so, the master password on the on the account, and then I'm attached to that account, and I haven't changed my password yet. Not I need to, but there's so many. There's so, many. <laughs> oh, there's so much going on. God, I know. Oh. What a shitty year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and it's only nine days in. It's only nine days in and this shit's happening. Holy shit. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Well, speaking okay. of 2023, speaking of 2023, I'm trying to pull us back, but I'm just, a, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I love the tangents too. But um, I wanted to ask, I know, you know, everybody says, you know, they've got to set goals and resolutions for the new year and, I resolved a long time ago that resolutions are not really for me. So, um, but I do set goals. And I was just wondering if you have set any goals for yourself for 2023. Yes. um, Right now I'm learning how to use AI. So, (laughs) yeah, I got fast, you know, I got caught up in, um, this was a few years before, you know, the big um, scandal that broke out online uh-huh. about the um the AI and the artists being ripped off. Uh-huh. Um yeah. I um I was learning about AI before that, but um right now I want to learn how to use it so that I can hopefully write faster because I'm not a fast writer. <laughs> I know you know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Oh um, yeah, I need, and I am <laughs> I know you're you're like a machine. I swear to God, I'm like you know like a horse and buggy, and you're like a Ferrari. You know, <laughs> like a donkey cart at this point. But um, you know, um, I want to learn how to you know use AI because I recently GPT three came out, and people are saying it is way better than anything that's out there right now. So oh wow. There's another one called Jasper that um, journalists have been using, you know, for years. And right now they're saying that Jasper is basically in the dust because GPT-3 oh is the the wave of the future, basically. So uh-huh. learn how to do that. I'm going to write a, um, an article on AI, and I'm going to have an AI assist me with that article. And we'll see... If GPT-3 is actually 
everything is caught as being wow. So let's well, good luck I, in a with few that. months. In a few months, I'm going to do that. So just uh-huh. don't expect that too soon. So oh, well, um, I, I want to learn how to. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I want to you know learn how to do that because you know recently last week. Um, Apple announced that they have an AI that can narrate their books, their audiobooks. <gasps> oh no! So that's going to cause a, quite a legal scandal. <laughs> and, um, already, yeah. The publishing, industry, the publishing industry is already saying, "Wait a minute, we didn't give you permission for that." So, right. So I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's going to be a lawsuit, just like with Amazon. Oh, yeah. Amazon backed Amazon backed off because you know they had Alexa. And people were using uh-huh. Alexa to people were using Alexa to read books, ebooks that they had purchased through the Kindle oh, library. Oh no! Uh huh. And and that's you know violation of audio rights. So yeah. Amazon backed Amazon backed off, and but Apple is not going to do that <laughs> so far. Oh man! So watch out because. There's now an AI. They have AI technology that can um, do audio. And now you have audio narrators that are saying, wait a minute, you know, this is like, you know, rise of the machines. What's going to happen to our industry? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm not sure. It would really, to me, it would depend on how it read. Because if it read like Siri or or, uh, whatever, Alexa, answers where the, it's that artificial voice that has hesitation and so forth to it, no. And it doesn't yeah. have the right inflection, no, no, I don't want that. That would be awful. Yeah. Well, there are some audio um, some audio AIs out there that are pretty good. So <laughs> um, it's coming. Like I said before, it's coming. So. I, I talked about this years ago on the blog too, about AI. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like I think in 2018 or 2019, where I was talking about how um, in China they had like this book fair in China where um, they um, not only they, did they um, they um, translate a book, a 100,000 a 100,000 word book in mm-hmm. like a few in a few seconds, but they also um, were able to translate it and have it read so oh my and and that is basically where our industry is right now so if that happens if the industry actually adopts this stuff a lot of things are going to happen yeah let's hope not because otherwise we're going to be out of a freaking job a deluge there's going to be a deluge of just translations alone of you know from you know authors from other countries but yeah also you know with the um gpt3 it's also you know able to you know come up with you know um um art i guess i want to call it i i don't want to call it content but it's getting artistic and um, yes what people are saying you know the prediction that um some of the experts are saying is that um the only people that are going to be able to really use AI are going to be the publishers because they have the content amount yeah. to be able to feed the AI what it needs. Because right now it's kind of primitive, and uh-huh. you 
it's not that great, but it's not bad. It's kind of like in the middle right now. And it, the people who have enough content to feed the AI are going to be, you know, the big five publishers because they have, you know, mm-hmm. millions and millions, millions and millions of books that they can feed to the AI. So they can come up with, you know, like say a book that's kind of like Stephen King, kind of like Dan Brown with a little bit of, you know, Danielle Steele in there and come up with, you know, like a completely different type of book. And they won't need the author because, you know, they got the AI. And they yeah. got all of your and they got all of your past work. That's why for the last few years certain authors in our industry have been warning us don't sell mm-hmm. all of your rights. Because yeah. a lot of companies these days, a lot of publishers are taking all of your rights, your licensing rights. Mm-hmm. And Authors have been, you know, yelling about this, and so have agents. Some agents, the good ones, have been saying, "Wait a minute, you know, what about, you know, you know, these AIs, and, and why are you taking all these rights? What are you going to mm-hmm. do with them?" And oh, you know, the, indus- the industry has been very silent about that, but the agents well, yeah. and the writers, the agents and the writers are like, "Wait a minute, something's not right here." And mm-hmm. there was um. A movement, I think it was in 2018, I think. It was called the um, Fair Contract Movement. And it really didn't go anywhere, in my opinion. But it Mm kind of, I think it was the Romance Writers Association and a few other places, Authors Guild. It was the Fair Contract Initiative. That's what it was called. If you're Uh wanting to Google, if you want to Google that. And um, they were talking about how, you know, they're, they're just taking our rights, you know, our licensing rights, and that's how we make our money. It's like, how are we going to make right. money when they're hoarding it? And there, some of them are not even, you know, ex- executing on the rights. They're not, like, coming out with audiobooks or movies or, you know, whatever, you know, um, virtual reality, video games, whatever. Uh-huh. They're not doing that. They're just hoarding it. They're waiting for it to become valuable. Yes. And that's why... That's why I don't think authors should be signing with publishers right now unless they can get a fair contract. Yeah. And it seems, it seems like even with an agent these days, you can't get a fair contract, not with a big publisher mm-hmm. these days anyway. So well, that's why I'm I, glad that my publisher is very small. She's very small and she's very fair. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, but- yeah, but she's not trying to take all your rights, though. You no, know, no, no, so. no, she's not. No, I, I will hold all my rights, all the books that are published that way. I still hold all my rights, and I've given yeah. her permission to publish. That's how she does her contract. Well, that's good, because a lot of them don't mm-hmm. do that. They're taking, mm-hmm. um, there's this one phrase that if you ever get a, con- a publishing contract, you need to have this phrase removed, but it says, Books in all form, and that's been in. Oh. They're trying to take not just books that are currently in form, like like in digital format, mm-hmm. audio, audio, whatever. They're trying to get books that ha- haven't even been invented yet. You know, forms of books that haven't been invented yet. So that's oh, why God. this happened during the digital revolution with Amazon. Uh-huh. But um, 
you know, with the e-books, you know, when they came out with the Kindle, it changed everything in the industry. Oh, yeah. And um, so authors who had been signed were going to Amazon and, you know, because they had their digital rights, at least they thought they did. And mm. they were they were uploading their backlist to Amazon and they were making good money. And then they mm-hmm. were getting cease and and they were getting cease and desists from their publishers saying, wait a minute. You can't do that. We own those rights. Oh, because man. And they, they had it in their contract in book form. And, uh-huh. um, and But this went to court, and the judge said that you can't do that. But it's still in the contracts, in modern contracts. Oh, man, so that's awful. That's why um, they had this fair contract initiative. But mm-hmm. like I said, it didn't, like I said before, it didn't go anywhere. So, yeah, it's still they're still out there, you know, trying to take our rights. And these agents, they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. And it's like, you're the agent. You're supposed to negotiate. Yeah, you're supposed to help with this. Well, maybe they're getting some kind of something from it too. You know, you never know. They're they're not really on your side. It seems like to me. I'm not saying yeah. that this is the case with all agents. But, uh-huh. you know, there's some shady agents out there who are, you know, they're more concerned about their relationship with the publishing companies than they are with their own authors that they're supposed to be representing. So yeah. it's it's kind of scam. It's slimy out there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to be, but it's things are, you know, changing and they're not changing for the better. So yeah. I'm, uh, I urge authors just to hang on to their rights until this gets sorted out. Because oh yeah. We have we have no idea what the hell is going on right now. And we don't have that much protection legally. Mm-hmm. So until this gets sorted out in the courts, hang on to your rights. <laughs> That's basically my yeah. right now. You know what image has just been flashing through my mind as you've been talking? You remember those mm-hmm. great big robotic creatures um in Star Wars that, that <laughs> walked along, they look like giant Daleks or something on tall skinny legs and they shoot everything in sight. I've got yeah. that whole image of them walking across the, the frozen tundra shooting everything. Yeah. That's how I feel about this whole thing. Oh, God. Yuck. It is terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, there was this one agent. And all there was this one agent. Go, what? Go ahead. Okay. Um, there is this one agent. This is how bad it is. There is this one agent. He's considered, you know, like, you know, the top dog of agents. He's like really famous. And he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, a few years he was saying a few years back. He's like, Well, a bad contract is better than no contract at all. And I was like, What? Who's side no, are no, you no. on? <laughs> on his own? This is this is what he said publicly. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like one of the more famous ones. I and mean, this is what they're saying. That's it's like, awful. Like, you know, because for those of you out there who are new and don't understand copyright, copyright lasts beyond the life of the author. So if you sign a bad deal, that deal lasts way beyond your death. And it affects your, mm-hmm. your heirs. So right. if you pass... Your heirs will have to deal with this later yeah. on. I think the most um, most notorious case right now is Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. Signed a bunch of 
he signed a bunch of crazy deals and nobody knows like who owns what and what's going on with his his intellectual property because so his wife is suing his kids are suing like everybody who's inherited anything is suing because nobody knows what's going on with Tom Clancy's mm. work. So oh, if you God, sign a, that's awful. If you sign a bad deal, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your heirs as well. So that's why right. I don't agree w- with what that agent said, but that's the attitude now that these agents have. It's like, well, you know, something's better than nothing. And it's like, you know, no. <laughs> you can do better on you your know, own. something... <laughs> Yeah, something has never been better than nothing. I mean, unless you're starving and somebody hands you a piece of bread and you have that piece of bread and then you don't die that day. That's where something is better than nothing. Pretty much nothing else works that way. (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) Business does not work that way. It's just No, it does not. It does not. you You don't have to settle, especially now. You know, the authors, I believe, have more power than ever. And we're just not using mm-hmm. it. We're choosing not to use it. We're like constantly yeah, I think, delegating I think shit to it. other people. I think that's part of it. And I think another part of it is that we just, we don't know we have this power. And so that being the case, because we don't know, we don't exercise it. And then there's the people that do know and they're like, eh, I don't care. I don't want to deal with this. And then there, there are folks that just are, you know, up there in everybody's business and, and taking care of everything and have no time to write. So, you, you know, there's this whole blend. And um, I'm one of the ones where I don't know. And so, that is that, you know, my own ignorance, and I should be more on top of things, but I'm not because I get five sentences into some article and, like, I don't understand this. Okay, I'm done. And I quit reading. <laughs> And that's, yeah. you know, and that's on me, and I know that's on me. Uh, but you know what? There's always time to learn. You got to start yes, somewhere because they know this stuff. Okay, the industry knows this stuff. They're making the rules right now, so we need to know what they know. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to become you don't have to become like a legal expert, but you need to know what's going on and how things operate because it's like. You know, what's out there right now, like I just said in the the chat room, um, Claire was like, you know, years of being in in a union. um, And I said, we need a union. And she's like, well, maybe we should start one. And I'm like, there's like the Authors Guild, but it feels like to me, it feels like to me that, you know, the Authors Guild is like powerless. You know, like I said, they had like this initiative, this fair contract initiative Mm -hmm. that went absolutely nowhere. So it's like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> like, when are we going to, like, rise up and say enough is enough? We need better contracts because authors are getting screwed left and right. I mean, just don't get me started. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I already did. Do you remember I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is right there. That's exactly how I feel. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, it's like we're not even at that point yet, Uh, the majority of us. It's like we're getting screwed left and right, and we're still not mad about that. (laughs) It's like when are we going to get mad about that? (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, when it's too late, when it's too yeah, late to change they, anything, that's that's yeah, inevitable when, the when people get job. upset. Yeah, yeah, when the robots take our job, that's when we're going to get upset. Well, because of those robots, they just, you know, they just need to shrivel up and die or crumble and break down, whatever. I, you know, <laughs> they need to catch a virus, damn it. Yeah. Something I, really that's devastating. That's what we're probably going to have to do. We're probably going to have to resort to stupid stuff like that. We're going to have to like send yeah. viruses. <laughs> okay. Well, then we're going to need some hackers, <laughs> some some hacktivists. Excuse me. We'll need some hacktivists involved. Then. We'll figure this shit out. <laughs> well, uh, I I have set. You know how years ago I set that goal if I was going to finish a book a month because I had uh-huh. all these unfinished books. Well, I'm resetting that goal because I had lost. I had lost that. I had not been, I haven't done that for years, but I got three ideas for three new books in right around Christmas and right around New Year's. I got these three ideas and two of them I started. And the third one, I said, I'm going to to put this off until I finish one of the ones that's been lingering a long time. So I did that. I sat down over the weekend and I finished this book that had it didn't want to stop. I mean, it just kept going and going. But I finished it over the weekend, and so I've still got this other one in the back of my head on the back burner. And in another few days, I'm going to push it up to the front burner and knock it up to high and see if I can get that baby to cook. Because I, it's a really cool idea. It's just I've got to get it. I've got to get going. So I'm going to try very hard because I've got many. Many, many unfinished books. Many, <laughs> many. I, I'm not even entirely sure. Um, I'm a book because I can't remember. I looked the other day. Um, I have 63 unfinished books. Well, I take that back. I finished one. So I have Whoa. 62 unfinished books. That's if I've got them oh. all down. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I have 60 books in me, period, <laughs> let alone 60 unfinished ones. I'm not even sure how many I have finished because I, I was going through last night looking at it, and I'm thinking, wait a second, I, I'm missing this book, this book, this book, this book. So, crap, I'm going to have to double check. You know who? You know what? I think you could probably use GPT-3 and probably give it enough data. <laughs> You and the publishers in New York probably have the, the monopoly. I don't need it. If I could just, you know, if I have uh, plenty of time, plenty of caffeine, and somebody else does the cooking, I can sit down and just hammer out a book. I mean, I've written, I writ, wrote, I writ, I wrote over 60,000 words. I had already done NaNoWriMo, and I finished it after, like, two, two and a half weeks, something like that. And I got this idea for another book. And I sat down Thanksgiving afternoon, and in three and a half days, I had 65,000 words. Wow. Holy crap. It was longer than the one I did for Nano, which was like 53, 52, something like that. (laughs) In a month. Jeez. If I could just do this all the time, that'd be awesome. I'm going to need GPT-3. <laughs> I, 
I I need an AI. I need my 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 little AI assistant. I need a robot to just help me with my life. Period. Right now, because <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's just getting ridiculous. I can't finish anything these days because, you know, I just get distracted by other problems. Yeah. And it's like, well, life is just, you know, it's like one minute I'm sitting down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start something and then all hell breaks loose. And it's like, what? Why do I got to deal with oh, this? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I understand. I oh, get it. I was just I, so frustrating. I was dealing with Internet issues. I was talking to you about that the other day. Yes. T-Mobile came out with new, cheaper service in our area, but it has uh-huh. some. It has a serious problem that I just discovered, oh, no. <laughs> and so I'm gonna end up having to, you know, not go along with that. But I gotta call up customer service and do all this other crap, and it's like, uh, it's taking time away from my writing, and it's like I can't. Yes. That's why I need GPT-3. That's, you know, just like I can go call customer service and GPT-3 can help me with my book. So there you go. Well, I when you that. figure it out, let me know, because I'm just curious as to how this how this works. Uh, it, uh, it the idea fun. that it does. I've been seeing some artwork that people are doing with um, – with the AIs and they got some beautiful things. They got yeah. some gorgeous stuff and it'd be fun to have that for like book covers and stuff. But yeah, not unless it's a really competitive price cuz forget it. I I'm poor. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I get it. But you know, like I said, we got to start learning about this stuff because it's not going away. It's yeah. going to take over it's going to take over our industry, whether and we can mm-hmm. either watch in horror, or we can ride the wave and let it yeah. help us. So, that's, yeah, that's where I stand on um, AI oh. right now. <laughs> I know I don't want to learn well, anything new, but you know, oh, it, geez, it is what it me is. Either <laughs> I just I look at things and I think my brain just. I'm not saying I'm old. It's just my brain is so full. I I don't want to have uh-huh. to fill it up more with stuff that I don't really want to learn. You know, I, if it's something that I'm really excited about, I'll sit down and I'll learn it quickly. But if it's something that I don't really, it's kind of like going back to college. You know, I yeah. didn't really want to learn all this crap that I had to learn in college, but because I had to, and I did not enjoy it. And ask me if I remember a single solitary thing that I learned in any of my education classes. No, nothing. Yeah, I know. I've been there, or, done that. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, I do remember self-fulfilling prophecies, but that was also <laughs> in psychology, so I might remember it from there. But whatever it is, that I remember, nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. I, so, you know, oh like, well. Like I said, our industry is going to change, and either we change with it, like like with the um, the whole digital revolution thing with with Kindle and everything. I remember uh-huh. for years, I remember for years, people would just scoffed at the idea of self publishing. Right. I was one of them in the beginning because mm-hmm. I was taught, you know, that that's not legitimate. You you, you right. publish through a professional publishing company mm-hmm. and you get an agent and the agent negotiates for you and all that other crap and right. then I start learning 
And it wasn't until I started learning about the industry that I was like, wait a minute, there's a lot of dysfunction going on here. And I would have oh, never yeah. known that. I would have never known that if I hadn't studied the industry the way I did. I really mm-hmm. dived I dived deep into it. I mean, I went all in. I it was like a college course for me. I really yeah. like I was I was reading Publishers Weekly. I was reading um oh god, what was that other thing that you had to pay for? Media Bistro. Um it was like um I think it's Publishers Lunch or something. I I forgot I what know. it was. It's um I was like reading all the the blogs and the newsletters and, and stuff like that. I I really studied the industry and it was like, wow, I don't think I want this. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my well, mind. So I was like, I think um, I'm just going to go and do this myself because I don't want them taking all my money. <laughs> yeah. And then you hear these horror stories. Well, like what happened to a friend of mine? He wrote this book. It was called Gigolos. And he went and he interviewed um, call girls and gigolos and wrote this very interesting book and he talked to people who were customers and all this other stuff and he gave me a copy of it. It was fascinating. But see, the thing is that his publisher told him he should put it under a pseudonym that was an androgynous sounding name. So it wouldn't have his name on it because she felt, she said she felt that it would sell better if it had a, a like a, an androgynous name or a, or a woman's name to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he did that. He didn't know any better. It's his first book. He had no idea. Well, it was selling pretty well. He was making talk show circuits. He's doing this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, nothing. Nobody was calling him. No, he wasn't getting paid. And he did some digging around, and he happened to see the publisher had gone on one of the talk shows with his book talking to them as if she were the author with this gender-neutral name. And she was stealing his money because it was selling well. She was stealing his money, and she was pretending to be him. He contacted a lawyer who told him he had no recourse. (gasps) So after that happened to him, I was very cagey about who I would deal with and pursuing my publication. And then I got screwed over by the guy that I did finally go with. And um, so yeah, you gotta, now I'm you with, gotta be... now I'm with Tiergar, and they are wonderful and they're honest and they're pleasant and we're really close friends, you know. So I I'm but I've only got like three or four books through them, and the rest I put up for myself because I kept hearing these horror stories about how people were getting screwed over. I mean, I'm still not making money, but at least. I'm not making money, and I'm not splitting it with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You could be, you know, making a lot of money, but it's not going to go to you. It'll go to the publisher. You know, a lot of these contracts, especially with the bigger publishers, you know, the New York Five, they take like 80 to 90% of the money. 
Yeah. And you only get you're only getting ten or twenty percent. That's if you know you got a good agent who can negotiate for you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to sell so much because you got to support their system. They have like all these mm-hmm. these they have like executives and and like editors and and assistant editors and interns and <laughs> just like a whole right just ridiculous board. bunch. Yeah, and you got to pay all their salaries. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like you got to sell so much just to make so little, and it doesn't make any yeah. sense. I saw this. What really changed my mind was where um, I looked up an author that I had read when I was younger, um, in my mm-hmm. my late teen in my late teens, early twenties. Patrice Small. She was like you know an erotica author, romance oh. erotica author, and she was talking about how bad it was for her just to break even, to make like a little bit of money in the industry. Oh my. And she she was, you know, her husband was sick with, I think he had cancer. And she said Mm -hmm. that she was drowned, she was drowning in medical bills and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And she had, and her last book only made her like $50,000. Oh my. That was, you know, she was a bestseller. And I was just, you know, awestruck by you know the lack of respect that that industry has so it's like you know if she's not making money how the hell am i gonna make money i'm not i'm new i'm new i'm nobody Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't have nobody you know negotiating for me and she had an agent she did all the right things and she still wasn't making enough to support herself and her husband when he when he needed you know medical care, and it was she ended up passing away not too long ago too. So and oh. I was just like, I was reading that article, and I was just like, what? It's like she's not making money. Like how am I gonna make money? Yeah. <laughs> you know when That's you find awful. out. When you find out that the people you look up to aren't doing so well, that's when you know mm-hmm. your your opinions your opinions change. So, my oh opinion. yeah, it's a very much of an eye opener. That's for sure, and, and yeah, it's appalling. Well, it's appalling. Yeah. So I think most authors should be going indie. You know, but that's just my opinion. I know a lot of authors uh-huh. can't do all all the work like that, but you know there are services that can help you there are author assistants that mm-hmm. can help you there are like professionals you know who don't cost you know thousands and thousands of dollars but they do cost a few hundred um yeah there's one um her name is Kate Tilton and she's like one of the more famous and well-known um author assistants she can hook you up mm-hmm. you know with you know services and marketing and all that stuff and she you know charges by the hour or by the month, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, depending on, you know, the contract that you sign with her. Oh. But she doesn't, cost, she doesn't cost you, like, thousands like some of these other services do. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really good time to be an author, but you got to sit down, find out who's legit, <laughs> and that's going to take time. So yeah. there's, my, there's my two cents. I, I think that's great. That It's good to know. People need to be aware of these things because it's not like – you know, you decide to write a book. You, you, so you sit down, you write a book, you go through the steps of editing it, maybe pay someone to edit it for you. 
and then all of a sudden you're you're here with this finished product and nobody says, hey, this is what you need to do now. And if you yeah. know where to look and how to look, you can find the information out, but there's nobody just saying, hey, let me help you with this. Yeah. And it would be really nice if every author could just get a mentor. You know, it's yeah. just like, I decided to write, I now have a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, that's what, you know, social media was for me, you know. We, you know, when I was, you know, just starting out, you know, I had, you know, you, April. <laughs> yeah. And a, few, and a few other people who were writers at the time that I, you know, knew that were professionals, that were doing mm-hmm. it. Because I didn't know anybody, you know. There was nobody in my community. There was no group. You know, writers group in my area. There's this, there's one now. After social media took off, I think there's uh-huh. a, they meet at the library. I think they meet at the library downtown. I'm not sure, but I'm not mm-hmm. doing all that. I don't want to hang out with people. <laughs> you know, I just well, my my um, problem has been with writing groups because I tried a couple around here, and the writing groups here they were very clickish. And if you didn't, you know, and you know how Stephen King wrote his book on how to write and that other guy, the very famous critic or whatever his name is, he wrote some, no, 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 it's like Alan something, I think, that wrote some sort of definitive text on how you're supposed to write and all this other stuff. And um, if you didn't follow those rules, then you were not welcome. You had to be a by-the-book author. And I am anything but (laughs) by-the-book author. I mean, usually with nano, I sit down, and I might have a vague notion where I'm going to go, and then I just sit down and I write 50,000-plus words in in a month, and I may know a character's name and what genre I'm going for. That's the most I've ever known. That's it. And I might know their occupations. Yeah, I'm saying. So I obviously didn't follow their rules. <laughs> I know this is where our power lies. You know, social media really changed the game because we can create groups and stuff. Some of these groups that I became a part of were like helping me avoid scammers. They were talking about, you know. Um, Publishers who weren't paying anymore, they would, uh-huh. they would um, like um, Alora's Cave. You remember Alora's Cave, the erotica yeah. ebook place? They stopped paying their authors, and <gasps> that became that became like really big in social media, like in the, the yes, author. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and Jeez. all of a sudden, that lady who owned it, she was like threatening to sue people who were talking about oh, no. not getting who were talking about not getting paid because you weren't supposed to talk about your contract publicly. Oh. So she tried to sue. I mean, there was like a, um, a blogger who got sued. And um, mm-hmm. all this all this money, by the way, was probably coming from that publishing company. You know, those oh, authors sure. who weren't getting paid? Those authors yeah. who weren't getting paid? That was their money, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the lawyer. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. 
she was paying these people, to, you know, these lawyers to shut people up. So it was like, yeah. that was so shady. And I just, you know, I'm so disgusted by the industry. And I, then I read um, Christine Catherine Rush's book about, you know, author contracts and stuff. And it was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I hate this industry now. <laughs> I just oh, there's so much. You know, in a way, having Barnes & Noble do their their nooks and having Kindle do, I mean, Amazon do their Kindle and making it where you could publish your own books for free on these various sites, that was great. It was wonderful. It just opened up this enormous number of horizons for new authors. It was great. And as I've said before, the problem is it opened up this enormous number of choices to new authors who really shouldn't have been publishing their books because they were really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I agree. So you, and, remember and the book, we, the book I shared, remember I was sharing ahead. not too long on um, Facebook, I shared this one link to this book about um, Clippy. Remember uh, Microsoft's Clippy? Somebody wrote a, an erotica novel based on Clippy, and it sold. It sold better than my book. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's <laughs> just—that's terrible. <laughs> but it's funny. Somebody took that book and and you know, they made money from that. I think it's garbage, but it's. Yeah, well, there are a lot of garbage books out there that, you know, don't that that are now very famous, and I won't name them because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. But there are plenty of really shitty books out there that people love and will read. And I'm looking at them, thinking, no wonder my books don't sell. I they're too highbrow for these people. That's the problem. There, I'm using above a third grade vocabulary and they're just too highbrow. Yeah, I was going to write rom- I was going to do romance. And I was like I can't do romance because these romance readers, they want like Hallmark crap. You know, they want the same old, oh, yeah. same old billionaire virgins and shit. I'm like, yeah. no. That's so boring and stupid. Yeah, I don't I, I don't do that. Do that. I don't follow the little, I mean, if somebody sits down with one of my romance novels expecting it to be by the the outline of this is how it has to be in romance novels, they're not going to get that because I don't write yeah. that way. I don't play that game. I, I tried, you know how you, you'll see it, Jude Dever, Judy Devereux does this, where they, they meet, they're very attractive, they probably have sex once, and they have this huge argument and everything's blown out of proportion, and they go through the rest of the book mad at each other, and then they finally get to the end, and, oh, I love you after all, let's get married. Yes. And they're supposed yes. to live happily ever after, after all of that stuff that they yeah. went through, and they missed, missed communications and the misunderstandings and everything else. And I tried that once, and it felt so wrong, I stopped. <laughs> and changed the book and made a difference because that just didn't work for me. Yeah, it was awful. Karen's saying cookie-cutter romances. Yes, that's exactly what they are. Yep, it's the same book over and over. 
Yeah, same it's just the names are changed and their occupations are changed, and I, I don't play that game. Yeah, you remember, I, that's um, one there reason. Is, yeah. On Hallmark got busted. Hall, the Hallmark channel. Uh-huh. Remember, I was referring to the Hallmark crap. Yes. They got busted doing this um, movie that was exactly like this other movie that they had previously shown, <laughs> and it had the same lady doing this with the same wig and <laughs> the same clothes, and, and they oh were comparing these, these two movies together, and they were like, "It's exactly the same thing." What are you oh, doing? That's terrible. That's terrible. It, but people love those romantic comedy yeah. things. The ones that come out at Christmas. Yeah. I just I don't even watch them. I automatically I see, you know, uh Santa's little helper. I don't know what you know these things are called. They're so stupid. And I go through and I just go, No, no, my, my Netflix and Hulu are just full of dislike, 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 dislike. Stuff. We used to. I used to oh. think that Lifetime movies were bad. You know, the Lifetime movie oh, where the yeah. lady were, was like getting killed by some guy that she was dating. <laughs> but at least those were more exciting than those Hallmark movies. Those Hallmark movies are so boring. <laughs> oh, they're awful. I can't, oh, I can't they're awful. Watch it. So I can't either. I, I can't either. I don't even want to see them come up on my feed. That's why I go through and say no, 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 no to them because I don't even want to see these happy little faces with the tinsel and the red balls and I don't know. All you just, you know, the elf hats and the Santa shoes and I, no, I, I can't. I yeah. just can't. I'm not doing it. No. Life is too short to be watching movies like this. <laughs> oh, I know. My husband watched something the other day. And it was really awful. Or no, it was, no, it was Casey. She watched something the other day. And, and I said, well, that's an hour and a half you can't get back. <laughs> it's an hour and a half of your life that's gone. And you can no longer get it back. You know, yep. I, I won't watch things to the end. If I'm watching something and it doesn't grip my attention or I'm reading a book and it doesn't catch mm-hmm. my attention, I'll give it a little bit more time. And then if it's still not give, you know, catching my attention, I stop. Yeah. I'm good at that. I don't read something to find out the ending. I thought that if the beginning doesn't grab me, why am I going to find out what the ending is? Mm-hmm. I don't care enough. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, Lifetime did a movie on Griselda Blanco. Remember that lady who was like the cocaine godmother? She was yes. like, you know, this notorious gangster. We had an author on the show. I think it was Joan P. Lane. And um, I, uh, she did, she was like obsessed with her. And she loved writing books, you know, like um, centered around characters like her. And she uh-huh. talked about um, Rizalda being, you know, like her, um, her inspiration for a lot of her bad girls, bad female villains. And um, uh-huh. the Lifetime the Lifetime version of Griselda Blanco starred Catherine Zeta-Jones. And I was oh like, my. no, no, just no. <laughs> I'm not doing, I'm not doing this. I, I, no. when I was, I, I accidentally started watching it and I saw Catherine Zeta-Jones and I was like, no, 
No, not with that little upturned nose of hers. Not with that little perfect tan. No. <laughs> not with her little perfect skin. She was too thin, too tall. No, she was not Griselda. And no. <laughs> um, no, she's not. You know who else is going to play her pretty soon? Um, um, Sophia Vergara. Really? Sophia Vergara. <laughs> Who's going to play Griselda wow. Blanco? I was like, no. Funny. That's like at... That's like getting Marilyn Monroe to do. <laughs> that's who. Yeah. That's who she is. Um, I mean, Sophia Vergara. Sophia Vergara. Gorgeous. She's like you know. She's like the. She's like the Marilyn Monroe of Colombia. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know. You can't have Marilyn doing doing Griselda. Get out of here. Oh, she be able to get. She might be able to get the accent right, but that's about it. Okay, I mean that's yeah. That's I mean she's about. a good actress, but I don't see her playing that kind of hardcore bitch sort mm-hmm. of. You know, I, I just don't see that. She's always yeah. so nice when you see her in interviews and stuff. She's so nice. I can't she's see never, her doing she's that. Been, she's never been a villain before, like a real hardcore no. villain. So no. I'm not. She's like The Rock, you know. She can't do a bad yeah. role, you know. Yeah, <laughs> she can't be the bad. I guy. like, I like having a really good female villain because yeah, they're they're more unexpected. Um, yeah. Oh, I was, <laughs> I had one friend from my writing group that um, Patty and I are still friends. Now we've been friends like fifteen years, and. Uh, she and I were talking, I was working on Conduct Unbecoming. And I said, I, I've got just so far, I can't go any further with it because I don't know who the bad guy is. <laughs> she said, oh, that's easy. It's the secretary. Now, mind you, she hadn't read the book. She doesn't know who anybody is involved in it except what I had told her about it, right? And she says, it's a, it's the secretary. It's going to be the secretary. And I got reading through it later that evening. She was right. It was a secretary. And I didn't realize that I had put it together back when I was writing the sequel to it that that's who it was. <laughs> it was a freaking secretary. She said, because think about it. They are privy to everything that the boss knows. They run things when he's gone. They run things when he's there. They are the masterminds and the people who are really in charge. They just don't have boss as their title. Yeah. And by golly, that's where it came from. <laughs> yeah. That put your red herring there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just went back in and dropped a few more hints. And uh, in, in both books, I just dropped a few more hints. And there she was. In all her glory. Oh, and she's cold-hearted. That's Liz Tynan. She is cold. Yeah. She's the ice princess. They call her the ice princess for a reason. She is very ruthless. Yeah, that's what I like to see in books. I like to see women being portrayed in different aspects rather than being the helpless damsel or the goofy blonde, you know, who mm-hmm. can't figure who can't figure nothing out. And, you know, like Bridget Jones, you know, I, I love Bridget Jones, but I don't like the character. I can't write that no. kind of character. 
No, yeah, I can't either. Um, even if it's a spunky sidekick, I can't do that. Yeah, um, it's just too much. I hate that. <laughs> I can't stand oh, those, did, those. Did you ever see the Transformers movie where he was no, no. longer with Megan Fox? He was with the blonde supermodel who's very beautiful. But you're looking at that. She's a 12 and he's a 6. I don't see this working. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All through that yeah. movie, she's like being attacked and she's in the middle of all this terrible stuff. And you know what she's doing? She doesn't mm-hmm. hook up the disabled transformer to the back of a record truck like Megan Fox did. No, ma'am. She's lying there cowering, screaming, like, oh, for God's sake, pick up a gun and shoot it. Do something mm-hmm. constructive. Don't just lie there and cry. I don't deal, I don't deal well with that. I know. It reminds me of those old movies, you know, the um, the old silent movies where they would um, tie the little damsel to the train tracks. And yes. just be like, eh. <laughs> I'm like Screaming and kicking her feet. Yes. And she could she could easily I, just roll off the tracks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But she yeah. never does. No, no. So. She's got to wait for the hero to come get her. Yeah. Oh. She's got to wait for her man. Yeah, I don't play that game. I don't play that game. In in Ninja Tattoo, Vivica is the one. She gets she gets freed, but she's the one who takes out the bad guy. Yeah. She's the one who Definitely. shoots him dead. You know? Yeah. Teague may be fighting with him, but she saves his life. So and that was a good twist. Good honor. Yeah. <laughs> At least your victims, they get a little justice, you know? Yes, I try. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of um, female authors, that this is just my opinion, you know, strike me down if you want to. But a lot of female authors, you know, we've been, especially me, you know, my generation, and I know your generation too, mm-hmm. we've been exposed to a lot of male authors because there weren't that many women out there who were being promoted heavily. Right. Uh-huh. There were no fe- there were no female Stephen Kings, there were no, no female you know Tom Clancy's out there, you know. It wasn't until like the '90s that women started taking over the industry, and yeah. it was like, uh, you know, with Danielle Steele and um, gosh, mm-hmm. who, what was that? Um, Patricia Cornwell, and um, gosh, there were a whole bunch of other women, Octavia Butler, and and you know stuff like that, who are, and Maya yeah. Angelou, who are finally getting recognition, mm-hmm. you know, and being put, being put in the media, you know, before it was just like all these old white men who were just like dominating the industry, they were getting the movie deals, right. they were getting the, you know, all the, the publicity, everything, and it was like, yeah. it was like, it was like women didn't exist, and so we, our generation, we were just exposed to all these male ideas of what women were supposed mm-hmm. to be. In literature, so mm-hmm. a lot of women are still basing that on what they saw, yeah. what they grew up with, and it's so mm-hmm. painfully, it's painfully obvious, and it's so annoying to see. It's yeah. like you don't have, you don't have to do that no more. You can make your women mm-hmm. anything you want. Women yes. can, <laughs> they don't have to be, you know, you know these little damsels and these little boneheaded you know, careless, childish, you know, oh, people yeah. need to be saved or, or whatever. 
and it's just that's why you know, I always loved Alice in Resident Evil because yeah. she's such a badass. She's yes. Awesome. Yes. But like I was saying, <laughs> you know, that's where Hallmark grew up. You know, these were that's where yeah. these Hallmark movies came came from. They came from these these yeah. images, and it's you know things were getting better. You know before. But it seems like in a little bit of a way they kind of regressed because I'm not seeing, you know. They're woke now. They're they're woke now. So they've got to make them, they've got to go back to being cute and sweet and cuddly and all that other It's like, like, you know, the storytelling is like black and white again. You know, you got your Mm -hmm. good guy, you got your bad guy, but there's like little to no gray area. And life isn't that way. You know, life is like totally. Sometimes totally gray, you know. You don't have any, mm-hmm. you know. There is no right or wrong. You just kind of go through what you need to go through. <laughs> yeah, and, and try not to learn. be an asshole. You know, yeah. yeah. You you go through what you need to. You do your best not to, you know, just to get through it, and try not to be an asshole. And that's about yeah. what you can really do some days. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like. Because, you know, there were a lot of projects that I wanted to work on. Like, um, I had this one um, character called Miss Mary Mack. But I, oh, yeah. I know I can't, pub- I can't publish that now. We're no. not in that kind of an environment no. right now. Because it's, no. yeah, it would, I get canceled in a heartbeat. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, because the character is gray. But she's also kind of evil. You know, yeah. and the people around her kind of like support her because they they project their own kind of image on her you know right again you know i can't you know i don't want to give too much of it away because you know maybe one day i'll be able to publish it but right now Mm -hmm. no so right now you um, would get you would get crucified (laughs) really (laughs) i i have a story that it's called love death or pizza and i would love really a good book it's very strong it's got great characters, but I also would be crucified if I tried to put it out. People would have a fit. So, oh. and I don't see it ever, ever being published. Not, not the way things are these days. I would, yeah. I it wouldn't. I would be in a lot of trouble. They'd be burning crosses on my lo- my lawn, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awful. Oh wow! You know Tyler Perry. You know the guy who does Medea. Yes. He's getting, uh-huh. he's getting criticized. I remember I was watching something. This there was this comedian who was accusing Hollywood of um, emasculating men, and he was mm-hmm. saying, you know, in comedy especially, they think that you know putting a man in a woman's dress is like the ultimate, and that's how they you know emasculate you and, and all this other stuff. And he was talking about Tyler Perry was like the ultimate example. He was like, Tyler Perry That's has never bizarre. done anything. Tyler Perry has never been funny a day in his life until he put on a woman's dress. And he was just going on and on about how, you know, men were being oh, emasculated. Wow. And I was like, Tyler Perry, <laughs> like that's your, your, your go-to right there. That was Hollywood. Yeah. That, that wasn't Tyler Perry. <laughs> And people yeah, appreciate. And if you ever I, looked at I any of I personally of, think he's funnier without, I don't like really like the Medea character, whatever her name is, but yeah. I think he's funny as hell when he does stand-up. He is yeah, hilarious. 
My mom loves Medea. My mom has seen like every Medea movie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she is like hooked on it. Like if he makes like a Medea, you know, like you know, Medea goes to heaven. I don't know. <laughs> she goes to the grocery store. My mom is there. You know. Uh-huh. She, well, that's I, great. I'm like, glad she likes them. It's wonderful. That's how she. That's how she was introduced to Sofia Vergara, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> My mom That's had no clue who Sofia was until she saw her in Medea. <laughs> oh, my Medea God, that's hilarious. Uh-huh. She was in the one where Medea goes to jail. She was literally in jail with Medea. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. I, I don't remember where I first saw her, but um, I remember her from uh, the the movie Chef, where she plays his ex-wife, and she's just lovely in that. And <laughs> that the the family thing, um, mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. Modern now. Family. Modern, Modern family, family, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see Modern Family, but I did. I knew her from the '90s. Because my mm-hmm. dad, who's always watching like Univision, and she was on this one show, oh. this travel. She was on a traveling show with some comedian who, well, he wasn't really a comedian. He wasn't all that funny. He was kind of like Jay Leno, you know. He was like cracking jokes. Oh. They weren't, they weren't really yeah. funny, <laughs> you know. She was there to like, you know, to be like, you know, the, the distraction, I guess, from the bad comedy. <laughs> Probably. We need eye candy. Get her in there. Yeah, get her in there. And she she was, you know, kind of sometimes funnier than he was. <laughs> I hate to say, but um, she was you know, <laughs> the pretty one. I remember her from there, but I don't uh-huh. remember her from, like, when she blew up in Modern Family because I never really watched yeah. it. I never really cared for it. So, it's okay. Um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I watch it for her because she's amazing. <laughs> But um, I know. Chef is yeah. is a really good movie, and she's she's in that, and she's um like I said, she's his ex wife, and is very she's playing basically her her life, you know, and he's he's her ex husband, and uh, she's very sweet and supportive and still loves him even though they've had their problems, and it's just. A, it's a good movie, and it makes you feel happy. And she's such a lovely person. Like, I want to see her in everything. I love this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, Karen, we, we had a... They didn't... Um, I was talking um, about... Um, Miss, I was going to talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, um, Robin Williams oh, and Mrs. Yes. Doubtfire... And they didn't say uh-huh. crap about that. No, I mean, that's that, very that was, true. That was, that was on a tangent, but... You know. Yeah. Um, well, Karen had a question way, way back, like an hour ago, that she <laughs> was asking. She said, um, what books are you planning on putting out this year? I don't know if that was well, for both of us, one of us. Go ahead. Okay, well, for me, <clears throat> I want to put out the social media book, the workbook, because mm-hmm. I see a lot of social media books. They tell you, you know, like how to brand and like how to, you know, like which groups to join and stuff like that. But they don't, right. like, you know, teach you about content. 
and how to deal with trolling and how to deal with controversy mm-hmm. and poor, you know, and, you know, just the insanity of social media. Yeah. So I want to do that because I want to do it from a perspective of social media manager and not so much mm-hmm. as, you know, like a um, typical user because there's right. a good there's a good way to do social media and then there's the bad way and that's the bad way is usually how most people do it myself included yeah. I got to get back on the yeah. social media thing I I talk about it a lot but and I know how to do it right it's just uh-huh. you know I don't I don't put the that hours into it because it's so exhausting <laughs> it really is well I tell you oh, what when you've got it in an beta phase let me yeah. know, and I'll go through it and see what I am doing wrong. <laughs> and I will beta read it for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, You're what welcome. about you? What are you? What are you putting out this year? Well, so the, so far this year, I've gotten out the collie that was supposed to be on the first, but now it's finally out. Um, so that's the fourth book in the Lone Wolf series. That there's been. Many, many years in between them. I have terrible time getting them done. Um, I've got room 403 done. So I'm debating whether I want to really bother. I have this whole series of books written in my little, well, my big imaginary city that that doesn't even have a name because I've never come up with a name for it. And um, I've published a couple books that are actually set there through Tiergar. One of them is So Much It Hurts. Did I do another one? Try to remember. No, that one for sure. And I'm trying to decide if I want to actually publish those or do them on Vela or just do like I've been doing and sharing them in pieces on my blogs. So I may just be doing that with a bunch of them. Um, now I did that with, uh, it takes a thief and then I put it out in ebook form. And so what I might try and do is take these ones that I've already published on my, my blogs and put them out in ebook form, but make them free or really, really cheap. I, I just honestly haven't gotten quite that far in my thinking. Because I was lucky to get the Kali up and going, and I still don't know if it's absolutely perfect, but um, it's there, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm done worrying I, about it. I understand. I, once, once I publish, I just don't care anymore. It's like I don't even care if people leave bad reviews about it. I just literally do not care anymore. I'm done with it. I'm on to the next project. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's dead <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> Leave me alone you know, some it. people, some people just obsess so about bad reviews, and they get mm-hmm. so upset and full, and they'll try and change minds, and they'll get you know, yeah. sob and cry and make all kinds of posts about it. What is your feeling? Yeah. Do you read your reviews? Do you even care? I'll, I'll read them, but I just, I don't feel anything when I read them because because like I said before, that book is dead to me. I don't care mm-hmm. anymore. I don't care if somebody throws a fit about, you know, what I'm doing and, mm-hmm. and thinks I suck as a writer. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you think I suck. 
I didn't write it for you, bitch. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, exactly. I feel that way, but they're just, they're allowed to hate it. You know, that's their right. You know, they can hate me. I mean, I don't love everything. Yeah, I don't care. I don't know these people. (laughs) But, you know, for some people, it can be devastating because, you know, they're not used to handling criticism. Or maybe they yeah. were, you know, maybe they grew up where they were, you know, abused mentally and, you know, they can't yeah. handle it. They're, like, fragile emotionally. Yeah. So it's like, well, in that case, don't look at it. So if, you know, if that's really your problem, don't even look at the reviews. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who have, like, negative reviews and mm-hmm. they're making money hand over fist so it's like right yeah i mean i don't really read reviews now i'll read like product reviews on amazon because i want to know if i'm getting something that's really worth the money but a book review i don't read book reviews on amazon because i know that i'm probably going to have either a similar or very different opinion and i know yeah. that and I don't want to read something negative and have it color my my thinking, nor do I want to read something that may or may not contain spoilers and have yeah. that get in my head. Yeah, um, especially with fiction. You know, every you know, fiction mm-hmm. is, you know, all you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's I wanna say it's no, that's not the word I want, but um <laughs> but it's you know it's, <laughs> It's, you know, I, I, you know, I'm trying to be diplomatic about this without pissing a bunch of people off. But, you know, <laughs> like you said before, it's, we're not all going to have the same opinion about it. So it's like, it, you know, it's like beauty, beauty being in the eye of the beholder. You know, what's good for me ain't going to be good for yeah. you. That's why yeah. I don't bother reading stuff for fiction, especially with movies and, and, and books mm-hmm. and mu- music. I just don't care what people think. I care, you know, about what I think. I read, you yeah. know, like maybe the, I'll read the description, like, you know, the copy, mm-hmm. but I'm not yeah. reading the reviews. I don't care. I don't care yeah. what everybody else is Me thinking. either. Me either. Oh. I know um, when I write reviews on the rare occasions that I still do that, um, I never say, oh, I just hated this book. It was so terrible. Now, if I really liked a book, I will say how much I liked the book. But if it's something that I'm not really that fond of, I won't say that because me reading the book, I think it sucks. Somebody else reading the book, they think it's wonderful. Now, why should I take that joy and pleasure away from them because they read my review and I said it sucked? That's not Mm -hmm. fair to them. And so I will not say that. I will say who I think it would appeal to more and kind of do it that way. And I try and find something positive to say. There was only one that I couldn't do that for because it was so bad I couldn't even finish reading it. But fortunately, Fran Lewis had speed read it. And she (laughs) told me what it was about enough that I could sit down and write a review and I didn't say, this is a terrible book. It's very boring. It just goes on and on and on. I said something about, you know, it was obvious that the author spent a lot of time doing research. And 
you know, he put a lot of research in there. Oh, it's boring. It's so boring because you get this whole history lesson. And he he had these horrible characters that I really wanted them to drown. I would have been happy if the ship they were on coming from England to America had sunk in the ocean like the Titanic and all hands had gone down. These people were awful. (laughs) And I got... I got very, I didn't get very far in it at all, and uh, that that was the end of it for me. I was done. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know, I I generally don't review books that I don't like. Not anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, people can say, you know, well, you're just jealous because, you know, we're in the industry. They could say mm-hmm. that we're trying to, like, like you know, sh- just I don't know, destroying their career or, you know, trying yeah, to, you know, reputation or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, or somebody will say we're on the payroll for somebody else or, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, uh, you can't win. If you say something right. positive, they'll, if you say something positive, they'll say, well, you're on the payroll. If you say something negative, mm-hmm. they'll say, well, you're just jealous. So it's like you yeah. can't win, so why bother? Yeah. <laughs> I just I'll never good, I never say anything I'll, negative. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave a good review, but I'm not going to leave a negative one because it's not worth no. the, the drama. No, it's so. not. And, and, you know, and I'm just what I like and don't like isn't is not the norm. And so I might as well just not make myself uh, enemies by saying this is a terrible, terrible book. I never, ever, nobody should read it. There have been a couple I wanted to. There have been more than one that I thought just needed to go straight to hell and burn in the fiery depths because they were so bad. But I'm sure other people liked them. Yeah. And here's the thing about reviews. There, I see a lot of this on social media because I, I have a lot of author friends. But uh-huh. a lot of a lot of authors, they put way too much faith in you know reviews. They put yeah. too much ener- They put too much energy trying to get you know like a hundred or, or two hundred reviews. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, if you're in this for the long haul, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, yeah. keep keep writing. Stop. Trying to get this blogger and that blogger and and this author to you know like give you a shout out. Just chill, keep writing. That's yeah. the first thing you need to do. You need to keep you need to build up your backlist. That's yeah. goal number one for any author. Mm-hmm. Like I, we were talking about before with AI, most of us don't have the backlist to be able to yeah. take over the world with AI, but the publishing companies do. And the reason why the publishing companies do is because they hang on to their rights and and they have so much content. We, mm-hmm. as individual authors, we do not have that much content. We have to build right. up a backlist, a library mm-hmm. of work, a portfolio, if you will. And yes, that's that should always be your number one goal is to have mm-hmm. like something because even if your your book flops and doesn't make any money. It should make you something. You should, over yeah. the years, after 10 years, mm-hmm. it should at least pay for itself, you know, for the editing and, and the cover yeah. and whatever. So, you know, at the very least, start writing and get away from that whole 
you know, Amazon's going to promote my book if I get like 50 reviews. No, they won't. That's not how their algorithm works. Not right. anymore. Because when people figure out how the algorithm works, they change it. <laughs> so you can't yes, manipulate it. Exactly. So the moment you see that stuff on social media, you got to know it's not true. Uh, and um, I saw that the other day. I think it was Sunday or Saturday. Somebody posted something like, if you get like X amount of reviews, Amazon will promote your book. No, they won't. Um, what they what they put the most um, effort, I mean, the most weight on is sales, mm-hmm. sales, yes. sales velocity, which means a number of books sold within a period of time. Uh-huh. And all. And um, sales and um, also, um, gosh, what else? <laughs> Reviews are, are important, but they're not the thing. It's yeah. also um, about um, timing, meaning the newness of the book. Like, was it recently published? Uh-huh. If, it's new, uh-huh. if it's new, they will, you know, promote it because, you know, it's new and people like new things. So mm-hmm. if it's new and it's selling well, then it will get promoted. And if it has good reviews, yeah. that's icing on the cake. So yeah. this whole if you see another one of those things, just know that it's not the truth. Fifty or a hundred. It's <laughs> stop sharing that crap. <laughs> Please author. Yeah, author. I don't usually Yeah. I it's something I, I, I will share some things that are really funny or things that are really truly informational, but otherwise <laughs> like I I look at things. I, I'm one of those people on social media that if I disagree with something or it doesn't catch my interest, you know what? I have a mouse over here, and I can scroll <laughs> by that. Yeah. And something yeah. is getting me upset, and I can scroll by that. Somebody yeah. says something I don't like, I can make them shut up, and I can, you can scroll mute them. by. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can, I can mute them. Yes, if they're really, really, yeah, if they're really bad, you can mute them. That I love that feature. It's on Twitter, Me Facebook too. now. It's like, oh yes, you're getting muted. <laughs> I got so many relatives that I've muted on my personal page that it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not putting up with your crap. It's like they got oh, so no. much drama. It's like they got so much drama. I don't want to hear it. It's like, bye, <laughs> muted. Yeah, and like I don't want. Days. I don't want all the the passive aggressive things that that people will post I, I just can't deal with that you know oh yeah if, if you don't pass this along you don't love jesus you know like <laughs> no like, i'm not jesus passing reading this along because i just don't pass things along um yeah <laughs> like, jesus ain't reading facebook okay reading no no love. he doesn't care it it does not really factor into the things that he has time for you know there are real crises in the world thank you very much yeah. people are getting killed <laughs> yeah it's a little higher on this list i think but yeah, yeah. Just, I, I can't handle that stuff so uh-huh. that's why i i spend the time on facebook that it takes to promote my books and then i'm done for the day and i might yeah. come back periodically and, and, like, clear out my notifications or check Messenger, days are rare. And on weekends, I try not to do it at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I that understand. for me, that works. Yeah. I understand that because, you know, as the years have gone on, more and more people are getting on social media, and it's getting more and more insane. 
I mean, I just, I loved it, you know, in the beginning. It was cool, you know, like in like uh-huh. 2010, like 2010-ish. Remember when we were like just starting to meet and we were doing the shows and we were having yes. so much fun. We were playing Mafia Wars and Oh, yes. oh yes. It was so fun. So much fun. But now, but now it's like, you know, like everybody and their mother is on there and they got all kinds of drama. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, could you please just not? I've seen people break up on Facebook. It's just crazy. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. That's serious shit there. I just, I I don't get that invested in it. You know, I just don't get that invested in it. (laughs) I have the need to tell people, like, like, you know, my man's cheating on me. Ah, you know, and and, uh, it's like, keep that to yourself. Go to your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, whatever, and have it out with them in real life. In real time. Yeah. Maybe Why are you going to face cheating on you? Because you're always on Facebook, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Get off of Facebook. <laughs> Step number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Just, oh, uh, Karen. Karen's just... giving us a a, um, a time check. <laughs> probably, Thanks, Karen. I probably should conclude. Thank you, Karen. Um, yeah. I always like talking to you because we just we just go wherever we want to go and we don't have to worry about uh, following any kind of format. I did have some questions just to kind of throw in there, but how often do I actually just talk to you on the phone? Like never? Yeah. Well, you know me, I, I just ever. love being on the phone so much. So I don't really, people have to call me and I have to really feel like talking for that to work. <laughs> Same here. I don't like talking on the phone either. <clears throat> yeah, this is the only time I enjoy phone calls is doing the show because that, that's in yeah. a different category. Oh, but, yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah. it has been delightful talking to you, and we may be doing this again at the end of the month because I just realized I don't have any guests on <laughs> <for> the 25th. <laughs> I have anybody. But anyway... Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, when you get that, that workbook squared away, let me know. And I will, I will be happy to beta test it for you because that would be super awesome. And I can see everything I'm doing wrong. Cause I know I'm, I'm doing lots wrong and I understand that. And I would like to correct that without having to get a degree in marketing to do it, you know? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, it's getting really crazy and complicated to do social media, especially with this new culture. So I think it's time to yeah. to write a book about that and address it head on. I agree. I agree. Well, tomorrow, Christina and I will be meeting up again because I'm going to be guest on Karen Vaughn's Writer's Roundtable um, at 4 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, so I'll be chatting with them. And listeners, tune in on Wednesday, January 25th, when my guests will be anybody's guests, because I realize that I don't have anybody listed for that day. So that should be interesting. (laughs) Until next time, this is Delaney Oaks tomorrow.